What's going on, Drinking Buddies? Brand new podcast coming right at you. But you know what we got to do first? We got to talk about things going on with the podcast and those fun advertisements. First and foremost, if you are listening to this on YouTube or are not subscribed to the YouTube channel and you're listening to this on audio, go to youtube.com slash and now we drink. There's going to be some massive changes happening there very soon. So please subscribe. We want to get over that thousand subscriber mark. So possibly, maybe YouTube will let me monetize, but we won't know for certain until we get over a thousand subscribers. So please, if you're listening to this podcast, hit that subscribe button on YouTube at youtube.com slash. And now we drink. There's a lot of clips there on top of the audio versions and maybe just maybe the full video versions are moving there. Maybe still being discussed between me and my patrons. Speaking of patrons, Patreon.com slash Matt Slayer. That is right now the only place you can get the full video versions and a bunch of other exclusive content. Join our community. There's an exclusive Discord channel for the patrons only. The Patreon subscriptions start at $3 an episode. And since I am currently in between advertisers, that is the only way the podcast is generating money right now is through Patreon. So please... For less than 10 cents a day, you could be supporting this show at patreon.com slash Slayer. And if you're into gaming, another way you can support me is at twitch.tv slash Slayer. That's right. I've been Twitch streaming for, fuck, a year and a half, almost two years now. We have a community game on Thursday nights if you're hearing this. And we do a bunch of other fun stuff. Play some Apex Legends, been playing Back for Blood with the community. You should come check it out if you're into gaming, if you're into that sort of thing. Real soon, there will be real ads here and no more just shameless self-promotion on my end. Well, there will always be shameless self-promotion, but less shameless self-promotion. Let's get on with the show. My guest this week is dominatrix actress, porn pioneer, Alexandra Snow. This is a rare remote show with Alexander. We and we go all over the place from her time in Paris to her possibly escaping to New Zealand. Yeah, we get into socialized healthcare and all sorts of other shit. This was a definitely a roller coaster of silly topics to serious topics. There may have also been a discussion of flaming hot Cheetos being inserted inside of people. All sorts of craziness. So sit back, relax, pop a cold one. And enjoy drinking buddies. going what's happening oh it's going pretty well i literally just uh wrapped up filming for the night just so pretty late for me but uh you know sometimes you gotta burn the candle at both ends i know it all too well i was well besides troubleshooting fucking zoom before we got on air i was editing pretty much so we got on yeah i know i know that hell it's like everyone's like you you know owning your own business sounds amazing and you're like yeah i know my boss is terrible so true. 
Like owning your own business is great if you decide to procreate in future generations when they get to benefit from it. The first generation of owning the business, a little bit of work. Just a little. Mm -hmm. Just a little bit. (laughs) So the first time you realize that uh, doing your taxes is way more complicated than you realized. And you're like, it's fine. It's fine. I can just Google this. It's cool. I can do it all myself. And then you're like, two days before taxes are due, you're like, I should have gotten a CPA. What do you mean I got to do this shit quarterly? What do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) What are projected estimated? I don't even know. How am I supposed to know what I'm going to make? Yeah. Right. Especially in as a working creative, like how are you supposed to predict that? You don't. You don't. The the, the best thing that I've actually been able to do is to um to pay myself a consistent salary so that I can just pay my projected taxes and then just pay the business's taxes at the end of the year. Um, that way also that I'm I don't I don't ever want to get a refund back from the IRS. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give them my money and hope they give me back the right amount. I'm right there with you. I'm I'm sad. Oh god, sorry. I was going to say, I'm just, I'm just real salty when it comes to the IRS in general. In your line of work, not surprising in the least bit. They're not uh, uh, no. known to be too kind uh, to sex workers or entrepreneurs in general. That's true. Although um, the financial discrimination that sex workers experience is, 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 doesn't happen to literally any other industry, as uh, evidenced by the latest stuff with, with uh, MasterCard, which you know blew a huge hole in our world for a while. Yeah, it's absolutely fucking garbage it's garbage you're doing work that is legal like drug dealers have an easier time opening bank accounts they sure do actually literally everyone else does and it doesn't matter how many different ways you try to legitimize yourself like for example i I bought my first house this year and uh you know when i when i first went to get a loan i was like it's cool look i have like I have a successful business and like all this, like, you know, evidence of it and blah, 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 blah. And they turned around and said, you don't qualify for traditional loan. We're going to have to send you to a, like a high risk loan. I was like, what, my, my credit's amazing. I, I make good money. Why are you sending me to high risk? And they're like, yeah, well, based on your, like, based on your profile, we just can't do that. And it was going to, it was going to um, cost me somewhere in the ballpark of 17 to 18% to get, to get this loan. So I decided to wait. I waited an entire year. I cleaned up all my taxes. I created, you know, some like um, some kind of shell shell areas for my business so that, you know, it would kind of protect, you know, protect what we did. And, uh, you know, like paid myself a flat salary. I didn't even I, I, when I paid myself a salary, it meant that I didn't have to submit my business as verification, you know, for uh, for my house. And um, they turned around and were like, oh, yeah, you look great. Here you go. You got two point three percent. I was like. Fuck you guys, you know. But it is what it is. I mean, literally every sex worker I know has uh, has lost a bank account or you know been kicked off a platform or something like that. And they're like, "What are you What are you going to do if you you know if you get banned from every financial institution? You're just going to put your money in a mattress, hope that you can like pay things online. It doesn't work that way." Yeah, at that point, it's just like you're going to have to marry someone else who's got like a civilian job just to be your front. Yep, a hundred percent, actually. <laughs> We, we, we actually, we call them our sex worker beards. <laughs> yeah. It's the, uh, you know, it's the muggle that like can be the the face of, you know, like, don't look where we're, where the money comes from. Look at this very good upstanding citizen, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's so fucking wild because it's like, oh, so many politicians make use of sex workers on top of that. You'd think like. Mm-hmm. Right. Everybody makes use of uh, sex workers. Um, 
I mean, like there, it was like, I think there are now um, well over a million uh, new creators on, on OnlyFans. And that's, that is a 400%, I believe, increase than it was the previous three years. Like, I don't know if they know it, but like, this is a pretty large constituent now. Like, it's a pretty large demographic. They're not going to be able to uh, ignore us for very long. They're going to try. They're going to fucking try. Yeah, I agree. Because we live in weird puritanical America. All during the pandemic, I was one hangnail away from moving to New Zealand. I must have looked up at least 50 times the actual process and how much money it was going to take and like what I could do. Um, Because I was like, well, they see me as a human being over there. Why New Zealand? Um, well, New Zealand's super progressive. You know, they have a female prime minister. Um, sex work is decriminalized and and held in, you know, it's not held in like a huge position of honor, but it's considered to be, um, you know, regular labor that's protected. There's all kinds of, you know, rules and, and laws that like help to protect any marginalized classes. Um, you know, like the last time I was there, there was, would be a strip club right next to a restaurant and nobody, nobody thought it was seedy. It was just like, like it would be no different than a hair salon or anything else. Um, and actually when I was talking to, to a lady, I think in Queenstown, I don't usually tell people what I do when I travel. Cause I don't want to have that awkward conversation, but uh, she asked me what I did. And it was like the last couple of days. And she says, um, and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm a dominatrix and you know, I'm a, a fetish video producer. And she's like, wow, that's really awesome. Actually. I'm, I'm really trying, I'm trying to go to school for, blah, 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 sex and sex related. Um, and I was like, wow, I'm not used to getting a positive reception from telling people what I do. And she goes, oh yeah, no, like sex workers are considered to be a valuable part of society here. Like, you know, no more like school teachers or, you know, like construction workers or anybody else. And I almost cried. I was like, really? Okay. You know, like that shouldn't be a thing that we ha- would have to, should have to deal with, but New Zealand does a pretty good job. That's awesome. They don't have the problems like Australia does where it's like, Oh, actual in-person sex work's legal and pornography is illegal. They don't have that problem, right? No, it, it, everything is decriminalized. Um, and a lot of it's, it, a lot of it has to do with the fact that New Zealand doesn't have that large of a population. So it's a little easier to, you know, take care of a smaller population. Um, yeah. But they also have a mandatory percentage of the, um, of their, their government that has to be indigenous. And as a person who is indigenous, that also feels pretty nice because I would love if, I don't know, even one or two seats in our, like our house were mandatory had to be native Americans. Cause that'd be great considering that you stole our land, not you specifically, but white people stole our land and we don't even get any representation about it. So, you know, it was, it's just uh, New Zealand made me feel welcomed in a way that no other, no other country has. Nice. I know you lived in France for a time as well. I did. I lived in Paris for six months. I um I got out of a a, a really terrible marriage, a very abusive marriage, and uh, I decided that like I wanted to try to put put as much distance between my ex and I as I could. And I was like, I'll put a fucking ocean between us. And I I had never I hadn't really traveled much until then, except for work. And so I went on a solo backpacking tour through Europe. And decided by the end of it that I was going to move to Paris. I didn't know anything. I didn't know any French. I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I was like, you know what? It sounds like a great adventure. And I did. And I like did my whole six month visa, decided that Paris wasn't exactly as magical as I thought. Um, but it was a great adventure anyway. 
Hey, that's amazing. I and mean, the, just the, you know, the willingness to fucking do that. Cause you know, so many fucking Americans just never leave America. I know. And it's really, it's so sad. What, what's the coolest place you've been? Uh, Tokyo is my happy place as my whole audience groans. I want to go to, I was, okay. I was actually supposed to be in Japan this year and, and also last year. And my, like the trip keeps getting pushed off obviously from the pandemic and I just can't fucking wait. How many times you been? Twice. Tokyo. Twice, been to, yeah. yeah. And I've never made it out of Tokyo because there's just so much fucking going on. Oh yeah. It, it, I, I talk about this on air so often. My, that's why I said my audience just was like, oh, no, here we go again. <laughs> Well, I haven't heard it, so go ahead. <laughs> no, it, it's just Tokyo is absolutely just a magical fucking place. From the food being amazing, the architecture just being like nothing else you see anywhere in the fucking world, and then just the societal norms there are so fucking different. It's like, oh, hey, I go to a major train station and there's hundreds of bikes unlocked because people just don't steal here. Well, in the traditional That's, sense, you you definitely have to worry about getting, as a dude, getting drugged in a bar and getting your credit cards maxed. But those are only certain <laughs> bars. You know, it's going to be risk aware, right? Well, the, my, on the first trip, we, me and my buddy ran into some expats that were over there. And they're like, hey, if you are in Rapungi, do not go with the guys like, you know, barking for the bars. They're going to take you to a bar that will fucking drug you and max out your credit cards. But in the grand scheme of things, if I'm traveling abroad and that's the worst thing I got to worry about. Not too worried. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I hadn't I hadn't heard that one yet, and I've uh I've got a lot, a lot of friends who keep talking to me about um about going to Japan. In fact, my my brother is um uh he is in the navy, and he was got stationed there right before the uh, uh the pandemic hit, and so I'm like, cool, I got a place to stay as long as you don't annoy me too much. Is he down in Okinawa? Or? Yeah, he's in Okinawa. Yeah, like from what I understand, this is a Tokyo thing. This is just like, and it's only certain bars. Yeah, it's yeah, like, exactly. And it's bars that are you know catering to dudes looking for girls, like, mm-hmm. yeah, that are. Well, that's a little, that's a little sketch. Yeah, and it, unfortunately, as much as Japan's an amazing place, they also rate as like a third world country for sex trafficking. So it's like. <sighs> I've I've heard that too. I mean, but that's that that is unfortunately the case when it comes to lots of very um, highly developed countries with with high technology because it makes it easier for people to like go under the radar. At least that's that's my understanding of it. Yeah, yeah, it's you hear horror stories about like women having their pat their passports taken by the yakuza and like. Mm-hmm. They're you know brought there on legitimate visas for like modeling gigs and shit like that. And it's like, <sighs> yep. Although it's much more likely to um to to be trafficked for manual labor than it is for for sex trafficking. Actually, it's funny you say that because I, I got into a uh, um a bit of a, de- a I would call it a debate. Debate sounds like it would be intellectual. Um, <laughs> a discussion um, <laughs> this morning with some some swerfs. The you know uh, sex work exclusive radical feminist people, um, and their their favorite thing to do is to quote sex trafficking is the reason why prostitution is bad, and it was like I don't think you understand how this works, you know. Nope. Um, but uh, you know it was uh, you know somebody should wake up and you have to choose violence. I, that's very seldom for me, at least when it comes to like arguing with strangers online. But today today was that day. <laughs> you fuck them up. 
I mean, you know, I th- I feel like logically I was I like rubbed their noses in it, but it was one of those things that you realize the person's really too dumb to understand that you've owned them, and you're like, okay, it's cool. I'm just going to mute you. I don't even block them because I don't want to give them satisfaction of feeling like they like may have gotten my goat or anything. I just mute them. I'm like, no, you don't exist to me. Cool. This is the best thing Twitter ever rolled out with. Muting people is the absolute fucking best. Hands down. That one and turning off retweets. I don't know if if you've used this one, but um, there is this thing that like um, that sex workers do on Twitter, which I totally understand where it comes from. And, you know, I applaud the effort, which is where like people with, with larger followings will retweet a bunch of stuff from other people, like other other girls who like have less followings. It's a way to, you know, help boost their stuff. But the problem is, is they don't do it strategically. They just sit there and like spam them one after another. And I like open my feed and I'm like, who, who are, where are all these assholes looking at me? Who's, whose vaginas are these? I don't have a relationship with this, this vagina yet. So, you know, can you please get it off my feet? Like, I didn't want to do this. See, I, I have the polar opposite effect where it's just like, oh, that's a hot asshole. Wait a minute. Do I follow that? Oh, <laughs> Should I be following that asshole? You know what? Then then you are the intended audience. That's perfect. I I guess I am. I guess I am. (laughs) But sometimes I don't follow up on it. Like I'll see it and be like, oh, she's hot. I should follow. And then I'll doom scroll and be like, oh, I lost that asshole. It's it's lost to the seas of time. Whoops. Uh, Well, you have to wait for the next one to come around. Yeah. (laughs) It'll it'll eventually float back to my island. I love it. That, that asshole. I miss it. Ugh. You know what? I actually, one of the things that I, that I, I think um, the only fans revolution has, has done for women is probably somewhat unexpected, which is that more and more and more, um, you know, sex workers on only fans, obviously like content creators on only fans are posting not so great photos of themselves. Like, more realism photos than like the more, you know, reach touch pro stuff that like someone like me does. And I think that it really has done a lot for women to see that there is a huge variety of body types and like, you know, and shapes and sizes and like, you know, Oh, like, did you know that like vaginas all look different and like, no, like assholes aren't all bleached and porn assholes are definitely bleached. And I think it's, I think it helps a lot for, for the average woman's self-confidence. Yeah. It's, it's undoing a lot of the damage Instagram does. No shit. And, but you can't put your butthole on Instagram. I know. I don't know why Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> hates assholes so much. It's probably because he doesn't, he doesn't have one of his own. <laughs> oh, yeah, you I'm angered sorry. the Zuck. Your oh. mic's attacking you. I know. Shut up, Zuckerberg. I think it's because Zuckerberg doesn't have an asshole of his own. He's just an Android. He doesn't, he, he just, he like, he doesn't eat or drink or anything. He just, he just exists. His wife has to press the algorithm to like get him to pleasure her. Like, all right, we're well, going to do sex operation number one tonight, Mark. Okay. Okay. Yes, whatever you say, dear. <laughs> Although I'm sure you know this, uh, Facebook, Instagram, all of them used to allow porn when they first started. Oh, I'm sure they're all about it. He was a horny college student at that point before, like, you know, he got his body, his mind transferred into that robot. I'm sure he was a right. human boy once. He's the reverse Pinocchio. It's also just because, like, you know, porn and, like, adult content builds a platform faster than anything else. And then once you're big enough that you don't need the porn anymore, then it's too dangerous. And you're like, nah, all right, later, gals. 
No, we don't need you anymore. I mean, you know, RIP Tumblr. OnlyFans dip their toes in that water for like half a second. They're like, whoa, 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 we made a mistake here. Our bad. Yeah. Well, and the, I don't know if you if you saw the like the real the real reason for that that step back is that the the one um, shareholder of OnlyFans was trying to cash out. And um, he had he had secured a couple of um, uh, venture capitalists to buy him out. And most VCs have uh, morality clauses in their contracts. So uh, he was like, oh, no, no, no. It's not going to be a porn site anymore. Uh, We're going to make it nice and clean. We have all of these like, you know, these influencers and like celebrities and blah, blah, blah. We have Bella Thorne. Come on. Yeah, exactly. And uh, we've got Cardi B, you know. And then so what happened was they he didn't actually release the um, the demographic statistics of the site and how much of the site was adult. So when they released that, the valuation tanked. And oh, he wasn't, yeah. wasn't going to get he wasn't going to get the percentage of the shares that he was going to want to get. And he was like, OK, I guess we're doing porn again because no one's going to pay me for this. But I, I think it'll probably happen again in somewhere in the next couple of years because he's trying to get out of that. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. For sure. And I don't know what VC in the world was like, yeah, OnlyFans. Yeah, they're uh, they're a legit influencer. Like it w- who with that kind of money actually had to see the numbers to think, oh, yeah, there's, this is not a porn site. I, I mean, somebody has to talk, so probably had to talk a good talk. I don't know. Like maybe there was, there was talk of like spinning off the adult from the, you know, the mainstream. I don't know. Like it always seems stupid to me in general, but I don't know what goes behind on behind closed doors. I'm not there sucking each other's dicks or not. True. True. But like the valuation, even if, even if say in the, some weird world that only 25% of their income was porn, it's still a huge company. And, that 25% is millions of dollars. Like, Oh yeah. Many millions of dollars. <laughs> what VC is going to be like, yeah, we're cool with you. Just getting rid of like, you know, multi millions on this valuation. It's cool. It's what? Yeah. It was just I one of the most baffling decisions I've ever fucking seen. It would, it's like the tube sites being like, you know what? We're just going to become a direct competitor for YouTube. We're ditching all this pornography. See how it goes. Okay. All right. I mean, Pornhub got hot water though last year for the same thing, you know, like one of the things that, that, um, you know, so I, I don't know, I know how much you know about me, but I've been doing this for a really long time. And, uh, like, I think I'm coming up on 18 years. Um, and, uh, there's lots of people who've just gotten into the industry in the last couple of years, you know, because now sex work is, you know, it's trendy. It's cool. It's like, it's edgy. And uh, a lot of these girls are finding out the like, oh, the stuff with Pornhub. Oh, the stuff with OnlyFans. Oh, the stuff with MasterCard. And the thing is, is the sky is always falling in sex work. Like always. Legitimately, there's always some new chaos. Admittedly, this year's chaos was, you know, especially the one with MasterCard was a much bigger cyclone than even I had seen before. But this stuff happens all the time. One processor comes up, another site falls. Like, you know, like there's this drama, well, not drama. And like. On paper, what Master, MasterCard was asking for wasn't even all that unreasonable. It was a lot of scapegoating from from OnlyFans on that. Because I, I oh, went yeah. and read what they, and the thing about it is they posted those rules back in fucking April that they were going to implement them. Like 
OnlyFans is completely scapegoating them on that shit. Oh, absolutely. The, the bigger problem, honestly, in that was that it was destabilizing the clip platforms, mostly because the um, the requirements for manual compliance are unreasonable for smaller platforms. So I, I also like I watch clips for sale. I mean, and, and again, like I've been a top a top store on most these sites for a long time. And so like, I know the CEOs and like, I'm, you know, like I know the teams and stuff. I watched clips for sale who got bought by Centro um, earlier this year, um, actually start to put things in place for their compliance. I want clips on the other hand, I'm sure they were working on some of the stuff, but when, when October 15th came around and the switchover happened, it looked like a clusterfuck. So the, the real thing that happened to so many um, sex workers is that, that they couldn't sell their content on the platforms they needed to sell their content on. If you're OnlyFans, you didn't really have to worry about it, but no one's just OnlyFans anymore. True. And it's unfortunate that these smaller sites, you know, it, it is a, it, the economic feasibility of having a live person review everything that's going up is pretty fucking rough. Oh, it's, it's like, it's an entire, the entire teams now, but like, I, I know the amount of money that these sites are making and it's a fucking lot, you know, it's not quite OnlyFans money, but it's a lot and they've been making it for a really long time. So, So, you know, yeah, a lot of times it is their fault for not, because it's not like MasterCard implemented this shit overnight. They had time to try to roll these teams out. So it is some misplaced blame, but it, it's still fucked up. It, it's only the only thing that's fucked up is that MasterCard's doing it in response to um, to religious groups. Well, yeah, because fuck Exodus n- Cry. None of, none of the actual, yeah, yeah, fuck Exodus Cry. It's not actually the the requests were not unreasonable because everybody wants to do away with like underage porn and like child pornography and all that stuff, or and revenge but, porn and all that shit too. Yeah, and fuck revenge that. porn, all all of that, right? No, no one in the industry wants to do it with any of that. But uh, the porn sites, Pornhub included, are not the biggest offenders by far of these things. The biggest offenders are Facebook and YouTube and Reddit and things like this, of which that no one has implemented a single thing to deal with it. Not one. I think the FBI um, reported something like 40 million um, reports of child pornography on Facebook in one year. Like, there's only 40 million videos, I think, on Pornhub. The problem is it's harder for them to deal with because there's not money changing hands for them to see. It. It's just there. Right. And and so if the idea is that that uh, the payment processors are the ones who have to uh, to police the industry, maybe maybe there's something going wrong there. Because, like, we don't ask... We don't ask our banks to, you know, make morality decisions for the rest of our lives, right? Right. Like your bank doesn't call you and, and says, do you really want to take that that next trip? You know, are you really going to Thailand for all the right reasons? No. They're just like, cool, take your take your, your, your ticket, go away. They, they have called me a couple times and been like, is that bar tab fraud? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Spill, what's the, what's the most you've ever spent at a bar before? Oh shit! Uh, at a straight bar, I mean, you know, four or five hundred, maybe nothing crazy. I'm not, a, I'm not some insane baller. Okay, not, 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 not the worst thing. You're not, you're no, not no, like, no. Uh, 
popping popping uh, bottles in the crib or whatever the fuck. No, I no, I'm no, I, I'm not. One, I hate <laughs> nightclubs. Two, I I'm only going to fucking a club that's having bottle service and I'm bottle ratting off someone else. I have never paid for bottle service in my life. I never intend to because I hate fucking nightclubs. Get me in a dingy dive bar where I can drink you know whiskey on the rocks all fucking night. And not, and not have to pay a five hundred percent premium for the alcohol. I know exactly. That's that's uh, that's one of the things I would like. I look at some of the prices, and I understand that the markup is more the you know the club's making money and stuff. But I'm like, I could have smuggled this in and drank it for forty dollars versus the five hundred dollars you want to you know want to do this for. But but it's the prestige <sighs> of having the table, and you know, girls bringing a bottle out with sparklers. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't get it. I, let's listen. I have. I have done. I have been the like VIP guest at AVN and these nightclubs so many times. And let me tell you what. I am so over it. Like having my face marqueed across the walls, and the people are all thumping and doing all the things. And I'm sitting here going, I have to be up at 10 a.m. to shoot tomorrow. Can I go now? Have you taken all the pictures yet? Okay. Now smile. Okay. Here's more pictures. All right. Yay. I really want to be here. I want to go home and go to sleep. Can I have, there's a onesie waiting for me in my room. Can I, can I have my check, please? Please. Can I have my check? Yeah. Please. Please. Oh, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not even a check. Like we're not paying for anything. That's the crazy thing. It's like, we're well, no, 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 no. The check of them yeah. paying you. Oh, oh yes. Yes, exactly. Can I get, thanks. Can I let Bye, my guys. money? I would. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know if you're aware how I got it. I got in being a roadie, like, going with features and shit like that and working in the convention oh, cool. circuit with people. So I've been around for over a decade at this point. So I'm, you know, nice. been the, been the guy at those club events, like, okay, you know, she's got to go. We, can we get, can we get paid? <laughs> like, I, yes. <laughs> You're the handler. I, yeah. No, no, I've done that job multiple times. Like, okay, you need to make the checkout to this LLC and we got to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, we, we really value people like you a, qu- a great deal. <laughs> it also means that like you get invited to stuff that o- other people won't get invited to because like you're, you're the person who like facilitates like things being easygoing. Yeah. That's the idea. I, I have fucked that up a couple of times. There, there are a couple very unhappy clients out there when the, that's completely <laughs> my fault. I completely my fault. There's definitely one performer who I really fucked up doing that job for at AVN 14. And like, she is still mad at me to this day. So Mm. 5 a.m. drunk decisions. It's on me. Yep. I also shouldn't have been working for someone who hired me because she wanted to fuck me. And like, oh, now that you're paying me, that's not going to happen. Oh no! Oh yeah, that—that that is the, one of the unfortunate things about uh, about the adult industry is that you know lots of performers fuck their friends and nobody really thinks anything of it. But still, mixing mixing uh, you know professional relationships and personal relationships does get tricky, even if you're in porn. So you know, good good for you for staying away from it. If we were just friends, yeah, I, I would have put out. But the minute I'm no, but- you're a client, I'm like no. That leads to me not getting paid for this weekend. And AVN's not cheap. <laughs> it also just makes things messy. You know, it's, it's like, like I say, like, don't get into business with friends. It's the same thing. Like, you know, like my, um, my, my right hand, my, my uh, uh, head of operations and also my handler at AVN for many years um, is, is Des, who is a 
you know, um, four eleven, you know, non-binary cryptid um, who is you know full of snark, and honestly, is the only person who keeps me in line. So, you know, I I can totally understand. But like, I, as much as I love, I love does. I couldn't imagine a worse situation than like getting drunk and being like, Hey, do you want to make out? No, that would be terrible. I don't, I don't want to, I spent so many years perfecting this beautiful relationship, you know, like they'll make it, they'll make it weird. Yeah. Yeah. The, this was the first outing with this client. So I, I fucked it up from pretty much the jump. I fucked it up on Wednesday night of AVN 14. Oh shit. Well, yeah. there'll be more years to uh, redeem yourself. Oh yeah. No, it's, <laughs> it's absolutely. It's absolutely fine, and you know I'm happy not working for her again. It's it literally she had met me when I was working for someone else at Exotica Chicago like the previous year, and was like told my mm. friend that I was working for like oh he's cute, and then um, oh he works for people yeah I'll hire him for AB, and I'm like well okay cool yeah I'll take the gig, and then because you know I was drunk at five a.m. and brought someone else back to the room eh, shit went sideways. Whoops. Whoops. Yeah. The- Whoops. Bad 5 a.m. drunk decisions for me at ABN. Yeah. These things happen. You have to wait till Sunday. You have to wait till Sunday. It probably, <laughs> it probably still would have been bad because we were driving back to LA together. So it probably still would have been. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking, I, I, speaking of. Uh, <laughs> okay, go ahead, finish. No, no, go ahead. I, I had nothing really relevant to add there. I, I promise. <laughs> I was going to say so, speaking of. Um, of conferences and expos and all of those things. Um, I, one of the new things I have in the works and we are, we're going to be announcing it very soon is I am um, helping to put on with, uh, with, you know, two other amazing educators, the first professional development conference for sex workers. Awesome. It is the, yeah, it is the erotic entrepreneurs conference. We're going to, we're starting, um, we're starting with a, a digital version um this spring actually it'll be in march um mostly because you know because of the pandemic but we will be an in-person conference the following year and it is going to be no clients no fans no none of that stuff it is literally just come learn how to make more money own your business you know like become the person you've always wanted to be and be supported by your peers and i can't wait for it we've needed this for so long i can't tell you how much that that's awesome learn how to set up your shell companies Learn how to do your taxes. Learn how to light yourself properly on camera. You know, like I, I'm one of the things that has that I've I've struggled. Um, you know, it previously in the past and kind of found my lane in was was wanting to give back to the industry because I got lucky. You know, I, I got lucky because I was like I I got in early. You know, I I helped to like create an, a you know the a niche of of porn that didn't really have anybody else in it at the time, and. I probably wouldn't be half as, as, you know, successful if I started now as in when I started then. So I try to give back some of my luck as much as I can there. That, that's fucking awesome. And it, it's neat. It's been a topic of conversation on the show multiple times. There is no porn one-on-one. People get well, in. There and, will be now. Hell yeah. Because people get thrown <laughs> in at in the fucking deep end. And people like your agents and your publicists should have your best interest at heart. But they're not. You're, you're a product that they're selling. That's it. They don't expect you and to stick around more than six months. And that's if you have an agent, if you have a publicist, you know, like, you know, it's, 
there there's it's becoming the wave of independent content creators, independent producers, the model producer. And, you know, sometimes you're you're a one man show, one woman show, one one Cylon show in my case. <laughs> yeah. And, and people don't it's know what the name is. Good night if I'm making a battle, a Battlestar Galactica reference. So. I appreciate it. I appreciate it a lot. <laughs> what are you saying? These are all things that performers need to to be educated on, like especially people that don't have a peer group or someone that they can learn from on set. Like, you know, hopefully a newer performer that's working a main a mainstream set would like meet people and like hopefully fall in with the right people. The solo creators that are more more of what's being made these days, they got no one to rely on. They're not even in LA half the time. And they and they tend to get taken advantage of, you know, like. Do I do a content trade? Exactly. I, I so I started um, I started the Wicked Alliance during the pandemic, and it was just supposed to be a kind of it's kind of like a Slack channel for the people who are taking my classes to talk and ask me questions and stuff. And it exploded. Like I think we're you know three three hundred to four hundred people now, and um, and it's it's great because they support each other and they look out for each other. Somebody'll post a thing and like. What's the best place to buy blah blah blah? You know, um, what do you what do you do when you've got somebody who's going to send you you know sending you a very high dollar tribute? How do you how do you like hide that from your taxes? You know, and there's super high level um, advice that comes out, and I'm constantly amazed. And all it really took was just putting people in you know in channels together and like stir them up. Well, and take them away from the environment where they feel like they're competing with each other because I feel like that's part of the problem is. When people were competing for being booked all the time, they're like, oh, well, if I help out that other performer, they may take my job. Mm-hmm. Or it's like, oh, no, no, we're all putting content out there now. Yeah, I think it's, it's that is a hard lesson for, um, you know, novices to learn is that <clears throat> you you are and you aren't in competition. If you feel like you're in competition with somebody else, then you need to innovate more. You know, the more that you can can define yourself as being unique and find your, you know, your own own groove and honestly kind of find find what whatever your authentic feel is, the better you're going to do. I mean, it's the same way on like with, with any kind of content creator. It's like YouTubers, Twitch, you know, Twitch streamers, everybody. You got to find your lane. If you're pretending to be somebody else, then you will have to compete with their audience. I have a confession for my audience. I'm actually drinking iced tea this whole time and I'm perfectly sober. <laughs> <laughs> it's all lies. a sham it's all a sham and lies <laughs> no I, I 100% agree and, and that's as we were talking about earlier one of the things that has allowed creators to show up on camera without makeup and like have more natural fucking content because you know they're being authentic versus like I have to be fucking glammed out porn hair 24-7 you can't possibly see me without I, I, I'm natural. Like, wait a minute, you're still wearing eyeshadow. Like, mm, that, <laughs> you, you, you say that as I have, I have like literally filming spackle on my face. I don't usually look, I don't, I don't put this much work into my, into my appearance. I literally walked off from where I was filming to come down and do this. And I was like, okay, I'm going to get, I have to get my quota done tonight. I'm filming by myself today. And usually I have a team and I was like, all right, well, this is it. I was just going to be like, oh, I'm, I'm honored that you got all, all the, I didn't even really fucking shave. I'm like scraggly as fuck right now. <laughs> but the, luckily well, my audience is not, you. oh, my, my audience doesn't, I don't think actually gives a fuck what I look like. So, eh. 
They might. I mean, Let me know in the comments. <laughs> well, you know, you never, you never actually want to hear the comments. That's that's honestly rule number one: is don't read, don't read the comments about yourself. Oh, I love them. I, the first time I got a one star review on iTunes for how horrible my voice was, I screen capped it, put it on Instagram, like fucking finally made it. I fucking finally made it. <laughs> you got your first hater. Got a fucking one star hater for my fucking voice. No one's forcing you to listen, asshole. I didn't put a gun to your head and make you do this. <laughs> you did this to yourself. My, my favorite one is like the people who, who will uh, make shitty, shitty comments on pirated porn sites like about you. Like, bitch, you didn't even pay for it. And yet you think that your opinion means something. There was an entire subreddit that somebody made about me in which that they were like passing off like their, you know, pirated pirated videos and stuff. And then there was an entire thread of them speculating about if, if my boobs were real and like what plastic surgery I might've had and like the events of my life. I was like, get a fucking life, you guys. Who cares? The only but, time it's know. appropriate to ask a woman if she's had her boobs on is to ask her where, what doctor to go see. It's the only time it's appropriate. Like, oh, hey, that looks great. Can you refer me to your doctor? That's the only time. The only time. And not on a public forum. Uh, certainly not on a public forum. I mean, girl, we girls we ask all the time. I, all one girl will know if someone else is except if another girl has fake boobs, right? Like, we know what tits look like. We also know that like the like range of shapes and sizes. Men, on the other hand, can't seem to understand the geometry of a boob. I'm saying men as a whole, not individual men, but like that like boobs don't naturally come in the shape of a, of a half of a melon, right? Like, like you didn't cut a candle up in half and then stick it under your shirt. And that's what a boob looks like. But dudes have no concept. I know. Well, no, we're just <laughs> entranced by the mug. Like, oh, boobs. Oh, those were, those, those are, those are amazing. Like we're, we don't question like, we, we're, it's just like, Oh, okay, cool. And I mean, I, I, I do too. I look at them and I'm like, oh, wow, those are amazing. It doesn't matter if they're real or not. They're still amazing. Big, small, lopsided, it doesn't matter. I'm just happy to be in the room. <laughs> uh, all boobs matter? Yes. Yes, they do. All boobs matter. <laughs> On the thing about you going, well, you know, with the clarification, all men, any man who's offended by an all man statement, it feels that it applies to them. It's like, Get over it, people. Like, if you are offended by it, then it applies to you. If you're, well, I, I say that because you know, like, from a PR standpoint, being a dominatrix usually equates to being um, a man hater, and I'm not a man hater. I'm a man eater, but I, I don't hate men, so I have to sometimes qualify that, like, I'm not. I, 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 I don't. I don't hate men. I actually you should. Just we think suck. That, no, I just think men, the men can do better. That's it. Yeah. It's not really. That's how I feel. I mean, the bar is so low for us in most cases that you could trip (laughs) over it. (laughs) Really? You know, although I'm really happy sometimes that like meant that the bar for men is so low because it makes for people like me to come in and steal your fucking girlfriends. So easy. All I have to do is just be nice to her. I just have to tell her she's pretty in the morning and like validate her feelings. And that's it. She's gone. No, makes it easy for me. I'm I'm well aware. I, I have a 
so sorted history of stealing people's girlfriends. Like back in the, I don't do it anymore, but back in the day, I definitely slept with a lot of people's girlfriends because a lot of it, like, oh my God, I can't, I would never treat you like that. But that that's such bull. I was not a good person. Well, I may not still not be a great person, but I was definitely a worse person then. <laughs> hey, look, we've all, we've all done, we've all said. I always argued at the time though. I did not make any social contract there. You were the one violating your social contract by cheating. That is true. And, and, you know, we've, we've all made some, uh, some very great ethical decisions, you know, like myself included when it comes to doing things like that. Now, now if I really like somebody, I, I give them, um, lots of, of coaching and advice and like counseling to leave their partners first. And once they've left their partners, then they can try to have a relationship with me and not before. Cause unless you're polyamorous in which the, it's great. I'll come meet your partner for dinner. Cool. Let's go. That works out well. That works out well. Yeah. I feel like that strategy only works. Doesn't work for, at least it doesn't work for me because anytime like I as a dude am coaching someone to be like, Oh, your boyfriend shit. You should leave him. That, like, that <laughs> raises the red flags of like, Oh, I see what you're about. I, I like, mm. well, yeah, I am, but I'm trying to do this the right way, kind of. And like, he is treating you like shit. I'm not lying about it. Not if you were having a perfect relationship, I would not be able to point out how bad this is going. Agreed, agreed. But there's 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 very there's sometimes much more subtle ways to point out that this dude is problematic without coming out and saying he fucking sucks. Leave him. Even though that's really what you're what you're thinking. Yeah, subtlety is not exactly on brand. <laughs> well, and also speaking like when you try. Oh, good, good. I was going to say, uh, speaking I'll, of subtlety, is that I, I'm surprised you haven't asked me about the documentary yet. Oh, I was gonna, I was gonna get there. I was gonna get there. No, but we can fine. definitely we won't talk about it now. No, we can definitely talk about the documentary. I, <laughs> my my host sense yeah. is tingling that you want to talk about the documentary. I think we'll talk about the documentary. When is the documentary I, I, coming out, first and foremost? Uh, so, um, so the documentary actually premiered, uh, did the U.S. premiere in September. And okay. um, it's it's now, it's been, it premiered in Spain and Brazil, somewhere else. And then um, I am going in a couple of weeks to the big Canadian premiere in Whistler. And nice. it's, it's, it's the Whistler Film Festival. And it's, uh, you know, this is, this is the big one. It'll be the, you know, fancy red carpet stuff. Um, and this is actually the first, first like interview that I've done concerning the podcast. Cause I've kind of been pretty tight lipped about it. Um, mostly cause everyone's like, when, when can I watch it? And when, when you've done any kind of documentary, you're like, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't make these decisions. Netflix is going to pick it up sometime. Who knows? I don't know. You know what? Hold, hold your, hold your horses, go to the film festival. You really want to see it. You yeah. got to wait till Tiger King 2 is done, and then maybe you'll be able to see it. Maybe. Oh, fuck. That came out Tiger like King. yesterday or today. Did it really? Uh-huh. I won't watch it. You could have saved so many lives. So many lives. Yeah. And also, because of the documentary, it would have answered uh, for Reddit if you had had your boobs done or not. Because obviously, if you were there, <laughs> he would have made you do it. Well, you know. In an, an alternate timeline somewhere, I am I'm the Tiger Queen. I mean, you still could be if you really, really wanted to be. I could, 
good. Um, I actually, I, I work with uh, foxes and wolves now. I work with an ambassador program uh, here in Ohio called uh, Ironwood Wolves. And I get, I get my, uh, my wild animal fix by getting to work with the ambassador animals. And then they don't have to live with me and they go back, they go back to their enclosures, you know, and I, I don't have to, it's kind of like being grandma. You get to play with them and you get to help train them and you give them treats and then they don't live with you. It's great. That's right. There we go. Boom. I, I don't know if I would put that on my resume though. Cause depends on how the books come out. That's true. That's true. I don't know that I want to be held responsible if they're terrible. Although, I, I may, maybe so you, I just like beat him. You know, I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Go back and rewrite it. What's wrong with you? Do we really need another white dude with a beard? Do we? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Actually, that sounds fun. I might do it for half price. Dope. We just negotiated a discount, audience. The the one thing I fear is that he's old and his heart would give out shortly after you got to work. Mm, nah, it's all right. I got private nurses for that. Got it all figured out? We're, we're going to mm-hmm. finally get the end of the series that was meant to happen instead of whatever the abomination HBO came up with. You know, I, I just thought of HBO as being an alternate universe version of Game of Thrones because I was a huge George R. R. Martin fan before... HBO even knew, knew it existed, you know? Like, I was pretty devout. Um, and I was kind of mad when it became popular because I was like, you know, it's the old hipster thing. And like, don't take this thing from me. I love it. But, you know, I just had to like, I had to let go and surrender into, you know, it's just an alternate universe. It's fine. It's basically, you know, high budget fanfic. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. It's just, and, and lots of showcasing of mental illness that no one wants to confront. Well, I mean, that's most television, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. That's true. But especially, especially, I think, at Game of Thrones. At least, at least Marvel is getting better about it. I will say that. Well, yeah, they got rid of Joss Whedon. Fair. (laughs) Who knew that guy was a monster? Oh, no. I know. Like... We had Buffy. Buffy was good. What happened? Uh, apparently Buffy was bad for a lot of people making it, unfortunately. No, oh, yes, that too. Hey, listen, don't 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 take my don't take my childhood away. <laughs> my bad. I, I'm sorry, I'm not here to ruin things. I'm not No no no, it's it's okay. I I'm in the same place same place with that as like uh as where I am with JK Rowling, you know? Like listen, JK Rowling is is so far on on my shit list. But there are many, 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 many people that went into making those movies and the actors themselves and the creatives that, you know, that like that that create an entire universe for us to enjoy. And I'm not about to let that be poisoned by the fact that J.K. Rowling is a terrible person. So it doesn't mean I'm going to give her any of my money, um, but it doesn't mean that I can't still like, you know, like the stories and and like you know, uh, uphold the creative works of the people who worked on it. Well, yeah. I mean, the late, great Alan Rickman, like, come on. like I know. <sighs> I don't know how, how my life would have been if Alan Rickman was my dad. I've actually thought of this a couple of times. How's it go? I don't know. I just, I just feel like he would have been so wise and sage and he would have sat me down and had these beautiful heart to heart conversations with, and it wouldn't matter what he was saying to me. I'd be like, I feel so loved. And, you know, 
Not yet. Every time I know at this point, most people know Alan Rickman from the Harry Potter movies, but I all the time, like imagine him in dogma, just being like, I can't rape you and just dropping his pants. <laughs> I've forgotten all about that. What a great scene. <laughs> God, that movie was so ahead of its time too. I know. It's like when Kevin Smith was making good movies. Yeah. Well, you know, like you're a good run. Can't last forever. No, it's very, very difficult to do. And especially with movies where it's like, this is a giant collaborative process. Yes, Kevin Smith may have written and directed this, but how many other cooks are in that kitchen? Yeah, I feel like no one can be Clint Eastwood. You know, you, you don't go from 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 actor to writer to director to producer and make it look as beautiful as he did, you know, and still turn out great stuff. Yeah. And- yeah. It's utterly amazing, the stuff that Eastwood's able to put out. But it's also because of the amount of clout Clint Eastwood has that he's able to do that kind of shit. And he's been doing it for so long, he he can surround himself with all the best people, too. 100%. And he is at least doing original ideas, which is so fucking rare in Hollywood. Truth. As much as, like, I don't particularly agree with Eastwood's personal politics at this point. Mm -hmm. Or his idea of talking to chairs, but... I haven't heard this one. Oh, talking to he, chairs. He was talking to a chair at the Republican National Republican National Convention a couple of years back. Are you serious? I don't know uh-huh. why I missed this. Oh yeah, he's talking to an empty chair on stage. It was quite a thing. Was it an act? He's a brilliant was actor. It? I don't know. What? <laughs> I, I don't know. Nothing. Okay. I mean, it could be just he's old in dementia. Who fucking knows? Who knows? But he at least can make original fucking movies, which as someone who's a bit of a cinephile, like I hate about the current Hollywood system is like, oh, unless it's in a recycled IP, Hollywood isn't really making it for the most part, unless it's someone that has insane clout. As much as I don't always care for what Seth Rogen and James Franco were doing together, I was supporting all those movies just because they're all original ideas. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with that. Uh, how excited are you for the new Cowboy Bebop, though? I'm not. I'm not. You're not? I'm no. not. Because, once again, not an original IP. The, the anime's fine. The anime's perfect. What, why not? perfect. Why not come up with something fucking original that we can be explore instead of having to, like, however, how, no matter how good it is, there's something that was, the original IP is perfect. It's fine. It's good. It's never going to hold up. It's... Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think the reason why we, we flock to remakes rather than the originals is because we just never see the originals when they're put out. Like nobody nobody gets nobody gets them because they don't get enough they don't get enough press. Well, I think that's part of it. I also think that's from the business standpoint of Hollywood, it's a lot safer to do a successful IP versus something that's completely untested when you're jumping hundreds of millions of dollars into a film. Mm. It's like, Fair. well, this has built-in marketing and it has a built-in fan base. We should be able to move some of this. How, how do you feel about Oat Studios? I am unfamiliar. Oh, really? Uh, I will send you this when we're done. It's uh, it's on Netflix. It's it, it's a a series of really original shorts, um, and they're all kind of grim. Did you like um, Love, Sex, and Robots? I did. 
Okay. So um, it has a similar, a similar feel to it, but it's not animated. I, I'm totally down for that. I'm, I will definitely check that out. I will check that out shortly after I edit this and put it out. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of anything that that's, that's original too. You know, like I think, I think the very first time that I ever, I ever watched film and it influenced, um, influenced me as a person was not just Battlestar Galactica. I think it was, um, it's gone. Um, Blade Runner. Blade Runner. There you go. Yes. I remember, I remember watching Blade Runner and feeling irrevocably changed as a human being, you know? And like, we don't get things like that anymore. No, no. And as much as Blade Runner, the new Blade Runner was beautiful. It was still like, well, this is just cashing in on the name. Like, th- I, th- I, th- I thought the, or- the original was perfect as it was. Well, which cut? Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of- yeah. That's true. That's true. The extended cut. Yeah. Yeah. Um, although for those I of you, say- for the audience who don't know, like there are cuts with narration, there are cuts without narration. There. <laughs> yep. And, and there was like there was like weird hidden cuts that were released like years later, and for like no apparent reason. Yeah. Yeah, I think I still have. Well, at least at one point, had a copy of like the ultimate cut on VHS. Shit, VHS, yeah. yo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm old. I mean, look at these graves. Like. Speaking of original stuff, did you, you're about the appropriate age range. Did you ever watch liquid television on MTV back in the day? Um, I, I was not, uh, my family was not well enough to do to have MTV, but I do remember seeing it at friends' houses on occasion. Like more stuff like that needs to exist. Just weird fucking cartoons that are just like, oh, hey, this is just a bunch of shorts of fucking creators making weird fucking shit. Yes, yes. Absolutely. Um, oh gosh, what I was going to say. Oh, so I, one of the things about Back to Blade Runner is I saw the most perfect um, Rachel cosplay at Dragon Con this year. Like, wow. I mean, I'm talking about down, down to the like the tiniest detail. She looked so good, and she was wearing Louboutins, walking through, you know, like the lobby, and I was just like, ah. I never got a hard on so fast in my life. Did you get a picture with her? I did. I have to go find it though. Um, it's somewhere stashed, stashed with all of my other Dragon Con photos. Those cosplayers, like, it is utterly impressive. Like the amount of time, effort, and like accuracy they get into that shit. It's like, how? What? Wow! Like, oh, I know. That, this, that's actually part of the thing I'm moving into next year. I've started already dabbling in it. Is that I want to do more femdom cosplay. There's not a whole lot of that. Um, but really what I want to do is I want to be able to like make, make a really extravagant cosplay and then shoot it once and then trickle those photos out a little bit and make tons of money off of it rather than having to shoot four you know, four to six videos a week where most of my money is made on like the, the volume of content. I'm like, no, I want to spend like lots and lots of time on the details. I want to like do really cool shoots and stuff. You're going to move into NFTs or? Um, I have ethical uh, roadblocks with NFTs. They're kind of bad for the environment. Until someone can accurately show me that they're not bad for the environment, I'm kind of like. Just because of the power consumption to generate them? Yeah. You know, like, as much as I don't, I try not to make a big deal of it. Being indigenous means giving a lot of shits about the planet. And so there are certain things that I'm like, okay, can I? I can in that. Sure. 
Do I buy lots of other crypto? I sure fucking do. But you can reinvest that crypto into other things. Yep. I'm still trying to wrap my head around NFTs at the moment, but it's like, there's definitely money to be made there. There, there is, there is. And I, I, I've been contacted n- numerous times for photos of me to become NFTs. And like, there's lots of conversation about making NFTs the like the solution to piracy um, and things so that I, I don't think the technology is quite there yet for, for it to do the things they want it to do, but I'm anxious to see how it might evolve over time. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think the technology is there to stop piracy with NFTs. Like, no, it, it, it it's definitely not there. Because what's in the grand scheme of things, if you're just trying to NFTs work because people want the collectability of being able to like, oh, I have the official NFT. Right. If they're just looking to stimulate their channels off of what they're looking at, they can just screen grab it and still have it. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> I, that's why I, th- I think like photos make make sense. You know, original art makes sense. You know, something something that would be collectible in your home, you know, would make sense. But no one's going to put a full, you know, like a a screened loop porn on their, you know, on their wall. Well, maybe some of mine. Some of my porn is really beautiful, but don't judge me. It's behind the green screen right now. <laughs> Just a old school like. Tubed monitors, just a wall of them with looping porn. <laughs> I would love, I actually would love to set that up. Actually, that sounds really fucking cool. It, it, it kind of like, um, kind of like the in, in Batman when he's like, when he has the big displays and it's, you know, like they're doing the pinging of the, of the whole city and just, just different screens and various different kinds of porn. I'd be like, how do you pick which one to watch? Do you try to watch all of them simultaneously? Or do you like jump from one to the other? Do you like 30 seconds of one and like 10 seconds the other? I don't know. It's kind of like roulette. You're just like, okay, who's getting my nut? Who's getting the nut? (laughs) I love it. When when I'm wealthy one day, there will be that room and people will just be like, what? What What's that happening here? Like, just, I decided I was going to do it and it's happening. I mean, like having multiple monitors in a fucking Bloomberg terminal is okay. Why not having multiple monitors full of, of, you know, a porn of smut. Well, it's because I'm I, I I want to actually pile up like old CRTs. Like yes. I, I don't want because the, there's got to be grain and like distortion and all. Okay, yeah. actually, so I I have a um a video concept that I've, I've been kind of chewing on for a while. Of it's kind of like more of a psychological thriller where I want to have um an old CRT TV in um in a room, a dark room. And it like the, the lights come up and the viewer is sitting in front of the TV and I come on as a recording and like, you know, with various different plot developments and stuff. And like the TV turns off and then I literally come in the room and it like goes back and forth between like the viewer can't, just, can't decide if it's real or if it's, you know, recorded. But I cannot find an old TV that works. <laughs> I don't know why it's so difficult now, but like, I don't know if I have to go to like flea markets or what, but I cannot source one successfully. Why do you need one that works? Well, I, I wanted. To, I actually want to make it a practical. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I just think it'd be cool. It would be. It, it really would be. You'd have to like. You'd have to find like a HDMI to RCA converter to be able to plug into it. Yep. Uh, yeah, but I still. Did, I just think it'd be really neat because I because I would film. I would film essentially two different kinds of videos. I would have to film the one for that, and then you know master it, and and I just think it'd be. I think it's great. 
one, then you also wouldn't have to do like green screen tricks to like be in two places at once. If you're just recording like something that you've already recorded, no, I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. Honestly, green screen is not, is not ideal for most video work, at least on the, on the scale or scope that we're doing, because it's so difficult to light things accurately to be able to use the, um, you know, to use plates. I, I do green screen stuff. We actually, we do, we do an entire class on green screen. I basically tell people, I'm like, don't use green screen when you could actually do the, like find the place in real life. You only use green screen when you absolutely can't because it's, trust me, it's easier to find that place than to make this look realistic. Oh, I, I, I'm well aware. I'm, I do a lot of chroma key stuff. Like I'm, this is actually mm-hmm. a green screen behind me right now. And like, it really is. Really? That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a still in my living room, but it is a green screen on. That's cool. I mean, it, it's you did a nice job with it. But I do a lot of it, and that's the only reason it looks halfway decent. There's a lot of videos that I've done the trial and error where it's like, oh, that looks like shit. Well, also, I think chroma keying when you're when you're broadcasting is a little different than than the way you have to chroma key with like a DSLR and lenses. Oh, well, I'm. Yeah, at least at least in my experience doing it, I haven't I haven't I'm, broadcast. I'm that shooting on DSLR and lenses though right now. I am. Which one are you doing? Uh, I'm on a Canon T8i right now, and this is just the 18 to 35 kit lens. Oh, nice. Yeah. I, I'm 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 a, a total gear whore. I I have way 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 more stuff than I actually ever use, but I'm like really cool. The new lens, I have to have it. Oh. Well, I'm slowly like I've been a Canon shooter forever and like Same. slowly, slowly moving over to Sony because of the fucking record limits on the Canons. I just picked up welcome to the gear section of the podcast. Everyone. I just picked up uh, two of these, which are the Sony uh, mm-hmm. ZV-E10s. Z- ZV-E10s. Yeah, Th- this is. Well, these this are the E10s. These are the new oh, ones. the 10s. Okay. This actually has a removable lens on it. Uh, this is actually, that's the, the thing I've been recommending to new creators. I'm like, don't make content on your phone. There, there's like, there's actually good cameras that won't break your budget. Use this first. Yeah. Yeah. Well, with, with the kit lens, which is um, a um, pretty decent lens. It, you know, it's only gets down to 3.5 for the stops, but it does great fucking autofocus. No record limit. $800 with the fucking kit lens. That's awesome. And honestly, 3.5 is more than enough for most people. Like, I shoot at 1.8 because I've got a whole fucking setup, you know? Um, and doing POV is, like, I want to. I, I want it to feel so personal. But, it, like, it's totally not necessary, you know, like, for most people at all. And especially if you're decent lighting. Yep, true. I mean, I, I, mean, I do have the, my Nifty 50 also. But. Ooh, yeah. I just upgraded to um, a 5D, and nice. um, and I spent a ton of money on on my new lens. I love it so much. I'm like every time, like I make a really like a really big purchase for camera stuff. I'm almost kind of nervous about it. I'm like, oh, we're gonna use this, and then when you like really hit a home run, I'm like, it was worth every penny. I keep kicking around because you can get them relatively cheap on eBay getting a fucking C100 Mark II. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm, I can get one of those for like 1500 and that is a beefy fucking camera. I mean, I don't have to shoot in 4K. 
That is a beefy fucking sin camera. But it's like, am I going to shoot enough stuff to justify this? Like, I'm going to have to buy definitely some new glass because, like, you know, everything else I have is APS-C. So it's like, I'm going to have to buy some new fucking wide full frame, you know, full frame lenses. Like, am I going to buy stuff that's going to justify this? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I would hate to lose all the money that I've invested in lenses. Like I, I also shoot with um, a GH5S for when I do adventure, adventure travel stuff, because I don't want to take my really expensive stuff on location. Um, and I already had to invest in the micro, you know, micro four thirds stuff. And I was like, man, I, I don't want to have to, I don't have to, another ecosystem I have to deal with. It's already hard enough. Well, I mean, it, it, that thing is EF mount. It's just like, I'd have to, I have some full frame glass, but I also have some things like, mm. you know, my 10 to 18 is a, is a yeah. fucking crop sensor lens. So it's just like, and that's a necessary fucking lens. You've got to have a fucking ultra wide. Agreed. Why don't you just go rent one and decide if you like it? Well, I know I like the camera. It's, no. I, I, I've shot other projects on them for other people. It's like, I know I like the camera. Do I know if I'm going to make, you know, enough use of it where I could buy the, you know, for, well, I mean, for a thousand dollars more, I can buy an A7S4 when it comes out in a couple weeks. And that thing, have you seen the specs on that thing? I know, I, I know. It's on my wish list right now. Get on that wish list, people. Buy her that camera. Guys always want to buy me uh, shoes and lingerie. And I'm like, no, buy me cameras and stuff for my cats. That's what I really want. Although, I mean, I just recently put out a blast that I, I needed fuzzy slippers because my feet are always cold. And I said that I want I wanted slippers to match all of my different outfits because I'm I'm just over being cold in general. And I well, I will wear Stop living in Ohio. Stop living in Ohio and that'll happen. You know what though? I have built an empire here. So you know. Um, but you know, Larry Flint was from Ohio, so shut up. Well, uh, that's fine. I mean, you guys got North Market. That's fine. It's true. Uh, we have Other World too, and Other World is fucking dope. You know, you, you know what Other World is? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're familiar with Meow Wolf, right? George R. R. Martin. Yep. Other Other World is is um, a an immersive art installation very similar to Meow Wolf. Well, then I'm going to yell at my friends in Columbus for like being bums and not taking me. Uh, well, if you come out to Columbus, I will personally take you because okay. it's amazing. <laughs> and I have a bunch of friends that live there. I, I, I'm originally a Chicago dude. So like, okay. I'm, I, I'm a Midwest transplant, but like, I have a bunch of friends in Columbus and a bunch of friends in Cincinnati these days. I'm actually due to be in Ohio at some point. So I will take you up on that. Yeah, please. I have a brand new house too. You can, you know, the first thing I did with my brand new house was to put a super pole in my living room. And it never felt Solid. so good. Yep. Never felt so good. How many times I've used it? Not that many. But it felt great because it was like, oh, I can finally drill in my fucking ceiling. What? It's there. You can use it whenever you want. And all of my friends, when they come over, can't wait to use it. On my birthday party this year, I feel like more people use that stripper pole than than the pole was designed for. But it was great. Do you have side waivers? Like, if you get injured on this pole, this is on you. I'm not hurting my homeowner's insurance. There, there is, there is full, full waivers when it comes to people's, you know, health and and well being when you step foot onto my property. I am not responsible for you. You're an adult. You can figure it out. Do you have people sign NDAs when they come over too? <laughs> no, because we'd be we'd, we'd all be signing mutual NDAs. You know, like when 
I, I love the fact that being in the adult industry has given me lots of friends that are also other, you know, other well-known sluts. Um, and you know, we, we have great parties together and stuff, but it's kind of a cardinal rule. It's like, you don't talk about what happens at the orgy club. Like you don't, you don't, uh, you don't disclose, you know, personal information. That's, that's for us to be able to do. It's not part of work. Exactly. Exactly. As, as someone who does this, I, I have to tell the story, but omit names. <laughs> the audience wants to hear the story, right. but you know, admit important key details that, you know, you know, keep the guilty parties names out of it. Truth. Although I will, I will say that probably the best part of my birthday was, um, uh, Domino Helena. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with her, but she's, also a uh, femdom that has crossover into mainstream porn. Um, and somebody ordered a pizza. We have no idea why anybody ordered a pizza, but like a pizza. I'm assuming was, they were hungry. I, I'm assuming so. But, uh, um, and it, this is the part of the night where I had brought out sock puppets. Okay. Um, I, I want you for a minute to think, is there a situation, a situation that could not be made better with sock puppets? I can't find one. Colonoscopy. If, if my doctor broke out a sock puppet, I'd have problems. Yeah, but what if you had the sock puppet and talked to your doctor? Well, I probably wouldn't remember because, like, <laughs> they give you good drugs during that. When The one time I had one, apparently I was asking questions the whole time. I do not remember any of that. It was the, Those drugs were wild. Like, all, all I remember was... Them inflating my colon and going, ow, this hurts, stop, ow, this hurts. And then waking up in the fucking recovery room. Like, it wasn't like sleeping where there was a passage of time. It was just like a nope. jump cut. Yep. <laughs> uh, that stuff's pretty great. All right. So, wait. So, we're back to sock puppets. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't mean to derail <laughs> so, you on that. So, the um, the pizza arrives. And, she, and she, comes, she comes in. And she's like, you know, she's built like a brick shit house. Um, and she's like wearing this, you know, like... Um, I think like a black one piece, you know, kind of bodysuit thing. And the whole, my whole house is like all done in RGB, right? Like there is no way from the outside that the house does not look like it has a party going on, right? Like no one has this many colors of lights and the house is dumping, you know, like I, I'm getting to try out my brand new sound system and blah, blah, blah. Right. And she opens the door the guy has the pieces and she has the fucking sock puppet. And she was like, welcome to fantasy Island. And then proceeds to be like, <clears throat> he's like, uh, I have your pieces here. And he goes, she goes, okay. And she proceeds to turn around, bend over and ask him to pass her the pieces through her legs. So he has to stare at her butt while he's passing her the pieces. And then she like takes them and like passes them to the next person, like does it again. And, and he looks deadpan and he was like, <clears throat> Um, have a great night. I think your accent needs a little work. <laughs> I just, just, just shut the door and I was like, wow, that, that was cold. I love it. Like you should open the door. Pizza guy, you want to come in party? Like you're awesome. Come on, dude. This <laughs> will be like, uh, uh-uh, uh, you guys look like you are up to no good. <laughs> but I, I had to imagine like what this guy would have thought, because if you open the door to one of the parties, everyone in my party is beautiful right because most of us are in the industry and you know like and it was like what is happening is this a new playboy mansion or something like 
he, I, I'm sure this guy had to go back and have stories about it. He had to. If the address, if your address ever popped up again, he's like, I got it. I'm on the delivery. <laughs> no, I'll have to keep, keep track of that one. Mm. It's like, Oh, Hey pizza guy, you're back. He eventually gets invited to the party. He never has a name. He's just pizza guy. Well, at least the one thing we have out here that you guys don't have is Donato's. I know. I'm oh. aware. I'm well aware. You guys also have hound dogs. Mm-hmm. Sure do. We also have Skyline, but who's going to own up to that? I, I've made some drunk mistakes there. But you didn't make sober mistakes there. That's my point. Well, yeah. I mean, hell, you guys have White Castle, which we don't have in LA either. Yeah. Also, a drunk, only, only made drunken decisions. No Not one necessarily. Goes to- not necessarily. Their breakfast sandwiches are fucking amazing. Are you sure? You know, White Castle, White Castle is like their headquarters is based here in Columbus. I'm well aware. We are we are at their retail test market. You're most fast foods retail test market. Sure is. I mean, Wendy's is from Dublin, which is just a Columbus suburb. Yep. Um, actually, I have been on a mission. I'm sure that you you read the Wendy's Twitter, right? It's amazing. It's fucking hilarious, right? And like, especially when like Wendy's does the like, the like roast, the roast days or whatever, is that the people who write that must live here in Columbus. And I want to meet them. I really do. Like, I know it sounds ridiculous, but I'm going to be like, are, how, how do I like, how do I ask who, who's on the social media team? Oh, that's easy. Go on LinkedIn and look at who's their social media manager. I'm sure they have it on their fucking. Oh my God, you're so smart. See, this is things that like. Sex workers, we don't know how to use LinkedIn. <laughs> I am positive Wendy's social media manager has that listed on their fucking profile on LinkedIn. They have to. All right. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, will, I will give you updates on whether or not I find them if my, uh, my, my, my sleuthing works. Awesome. Awesome. Let me, I, I think you might ruin their life if you dox them, though, if you let them know, <laughs> let the world know no, who the Wendy is. Come on, I'm a sex worker. I would never dox anybody. But what I sure. would do is I would be like, how much would it cost to have lunch with you? That's that's it. And not at Wendy's. Not at Wendy's. No, no, no. Be like, can, did you do cash meats? <laughs> <laughs> can we do an out call? Can we, do, can we just have an out call, please? Be like, who, who are you, weirdo? <laughs> the, the fast food Twitters are Fucking amazing. I mean, Wendy started that revolution, but oh my God, the, the fast food Twitters are. Steakums. Steakums is my favorite, I think, outside of Wendy's. Moon Pies is pretty good too. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar? Not It's not an official you know, fast food Twitter, but are you aware of Nihilist Arby's? No. Oh my God. What? I I like Nihil- Nihilist Lisa Frank, so I think Nihilist Arby's is right up my, uh, my alley. It's nihilist underscore Arby's on Twitter. All right, I'm on it. Thank you. And Arby's corporate did the most amazing thing to a nihilist Arby's a couple of years back. They so it's publicly known who runs nihilist Arby's. He says it's the lead singer of the punk band the Lawrence Arms. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty good though. All right, cool. I, I, I'm just going to read you the last one. It's like it, it's about Oreos, and it says something. Okay. The Oreos is like something new is coming, um, and you know, they, uh, they subtweeted nothing matters Oreos tomorrow. Some of your followers will be dead. And the ones who are alive won't care. Nothing matters. Eat Arby's. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to waste, I'm going to waste so much time on this. Great. Thank you. I, 
regularly rock a nihilist Arby's hat. I don't know where it is at the moment. Otherwise, I would just grab it. But yeah, it's <laughs> it's a it's a Arby symbol and it says nothing under it. I regularly wear that hat. Oh my god, I love it. Arby's corporate instead of sending them a cease and desist instead of sending them a show because he's a corporate ad, um, copywriter as a day job in addition to being the lead singer of the band they showed up at his office with a sack of sandwiches and a puppy and a note that said not everything's so bad are you serious? Mm-hmm. there's a business insider article about it <laughs> oh my god that's delightful a puppy? really? a puppy? a bag of Arby's sandwiches and a note that says everything's not so bad it it's like that is the best way a corporate Twitter could hit, like a corporation could handle like a kind of a troll account. A truth. Yeah. I mean, honestly, though, they're doing more good for you than you realize. Like, I don't know. What, what's also hilarious is Nihilist Arby has like 10 times the followers that either him or the band have. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. It, it is absolutely one of my favorite Twitter accounts. Like he posts most major holidays or major events. And it's just like, Chef's kiss on all of it. I love it. Gosh. <sighs> that's that's something that, that I, I've actually been struggling with is that in real life, I think that I'm I'm not like super funny, but I tend to be snark have like a snarky, dry sense of humor. And and I like have this in person with lots of people. And you know, by the make people laugh, is that I cannot figure out how for life of me, how to be funny on Twitter, because I feel like my brand isn't funny at all. Like it's just, it's just serious. And every time I have tried to be funny, I've had people like, are you okay? Like, that's not the response you're supposed to get when you're like, I'm trying to be funny. And like, no, it's a joke. And they're like, okay, sure. Well, you just got to go full Andy Kaufman with it. Just like have people guessing if it's funny or serious. Fucking just get, just, have them guessing all the time. Like, you decide. Am I okay? Am I? <laughs> and I wonder. I wonder. If some part of it's just like I think I, I feel like I'm funny with other people because I have somebody to like play off of. By myself, I'm just like nothing matters. Everything is meaningless. It's <laughs> a whole comedy Twitter account right there, based on just that. I think you can get away with it. Nihilist femdom. Mm. There you go. Nothing matters. I'm going to step on your throat anyway. The money is unimportant. I'm just here to step on your throat. Exactly. <laughs> no, no, it, it would be, it'd be like, nothing matters. So give me all of your money. You're going to die soon anyway. Right. You can't take it with you. But I can. I can take it from you. That's great. You can't take it with me, but I can take it from you. Shit, I'm going to write that one down. <laughs> Good thing we're recording this. <laughs> uh, I love it. Your children's inheritance don't matter. Give it all to me. Mm-hmm. I mean... You know, I, I don't I don't do financial domination like as like as a core tenant of my brand because like I'm a real life dom and you know fin dom and is you know always has some sticky places of like ethics and stuff. Not that it can't it can absolutely be done ethically and you know and I and I do, but it has a stigma that I don't usually dabble in too much. But I will do fin dom on occasion, and what I usually what usually works the most is that I say things like you obviously can't make good decisions for yourself or ethical decisions. And who knows what you're doing with your money? Like you're probably out there spending on like fucking Cheetos and, you know, and like 
you know, I, I don't, I don't know, like an, another massage chair that you won't use. So if you give your money to me, I will make sure that it goes to good, you know, it's put to good use and like humanitarian efforts and you know things like that. If you give your money to me, then you know that you're doing good in the world and you don't even have to take responsibility for it. Makes sense. But what's your beef with Cheetos? Oh, I, I like Cheetos. Just not enough. You like, you know, like there was a, there was that thing for a while that you could buy like a five gallon drum of Cheetos on Amazon or something like that. And you know, like, I don't know why anybody needs five gallon drums. Certainly would all go stale before you got through it. Or maybe it wouldn't. And you would just really hate life. I think actually a really, a really either terrible or great way to die. is like stuff into five gallon Cheeto drum. Could you eat your way out? I don't. Don't know. I don't know either. We, we just got to get some people to sign some waivers and we can find out through science. Yeah. I'll, I'll like, I'll punch it one air hole. It's fine. Yeah. yeah just an air hole at the top. Yeah. Just one. Yeah. Now are they the, like, are the, the Cheetos ball, are the Cheetos balls or like the actual like Cheetos curls? I feel like it should be flaming hot Cheetos if we're really going to make oh, this the, test. Oh God. Oh, 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 that because eventually you're going to start sweating from all the hot Cheetos. Then mm-hmm. it's going to get the other Cheetos like fucking dripping into your eyes. That I, I, I would, I would give somebody goggles. Well, you're a very kind Dom. I wouldn't give them clothes. <laughs> I mean, that still sounds pretty horrible. Even with the goggles, not getting in your eyes, major bonus. Still sounds pretty fucking horrible. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that I haven't put a red hot Cheeto up somebody's asshole, but I'm not saying I haven't either. Speaking of like torturing people, did, have you ever watched Hot Ones? Yes. It's been a little while though. I feel like some, not necessarily you, but like some Dom should do a sexy version of Hot Ones. I'm, I'm not mad about it. I would do it. Like, Oh, some naked dude, hot sauces. Mm-hmm. I mean, like it, it's it's not it's not an un, an irregular occurrence actually for us to do videos of like jerk off with hot sauce. So you know, but I I tend to be the person that like people call when they make bad mistakes of for online like putting capsaicin and stuff in places that it shouldn't go and it's like it burns it burns it burns what do i do and i'm like well like i don't want to go to the emergency room i'm embarrassed i'm like you're so dumb i I still regularly get people who call me and want me to walk them through how to get household objects out of their butts (laughs) i hope you're charging them quite a bit do i look like i don't charge for a minute come on I know. I, I'm. I'm really actually fearing the tab for this podcast. <laughs> oh, it's pro bono. You came very well recommended. Aw, aw, aw. Yeah, like, wow. I would have like if I. I mean, I don't think I'm. I'm ever going to be in a situation where I got something stuck inside me. But like, calling a non-medical professional to get it out of me is not the call I would make, unless. They're getting off on, like, being embarrassed by calling you. No, I think what it is is that, like, someone like me who's been doing this as long as I have has lots of experience. Like, I, I teach classes in, in, in butt stuff, right? Um, 
you know, that I, I would have the functional knowledge of how to retrieve something if it got lost um, and would save them the humiliation of going to the emergency room. I think that's where it's coming from. Eh, fair, 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 fair. But the medical bill will probably be cheaper. Like, you don't take insurance. If you don't figure out a way to take insurance, I, holy listen, shit. I, 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 have, I have said this many times. In fact, I have... I have been sometimes on the fence about going back to school and um, finishing my my uh, psychology stuff so that I could become a sex therapist. Because I was like, I could take insurance then. Well, I mean, hell, a much faster course can't massage therapists technically to take insurance. That's true. But they can't charge outrageous fees. And as a sexologist, I could. Fair. If you get both, you can charge really outrageous fees. It's true. I mean, as a dominatrix, like I'm, I'm, I'm a, a, in a pretty in a pretty high bracket for doms. Like I'm, I am uh, between four hundred and four fifty an hour. But that's that's more than than a lot of attorneys are. So it would have to be a really good practice. Well, just a lot of creative billing with the insurance company too. Like, yeah, what is the medical coding for that? Hmm. <sighs> Proctology exam. <laughs> Well, you'd have to like to properly, you know, commit medical insurance fraud. You'd have to break up multiple things and bill for them twice. Like, it's amazing how much medical, you know, medical fraud is actually medical insurance fraud. Well, and the thing is, the reason why that exists is because the medical insurance, the whole system is fucked. You know. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Like, oh, hey, we're a hospital. We have a negotiated book with the insurance companies, yep. and like. We have to raise that to a point where we still make a profit, but with uh, but if you don't system. have insurance, then you're gonna you're gonna pay the overinflated rates and blah blah blah. And oh yeah, you probably are paying somewhere between four and six hundred dollars a month for your own insurance, but we're still not gonna cover everything um, until you meet your deductible. Which good fucking luck with that. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh hey, do you have a menial job? Here's your six thousand dollar a year deductible bronze coverage. Good luck. Yep. It's basically like, if you get into a car accident, you won't, it won't bankrupt you. Yeah. That's if you get it. into a car accident, that's your fault. If it's someone else's fault, their insurance is covering it. So you still won't hit your deductible. I know. It's ridiculous. America. America. We're, we're number one. I actually, um, you know, many years ago was going to get my, my life and health uh, insurance certification just because... I wanted to be able to get group group healthcare coverage for um, for other sex workers, and it's the textbook is like this. It was bigger than lots of my um, my like uh, like like complicated chemistry you know stuff in college. Like I was like, why this doesn't need to be this way? But it does, so they can make their money. That's true. They're about profit. They're not about actually like providing service or, you know, a benefit to people. They're like, no, no, no. Our whole model is like, you pay us and we try not to pay you. Right. That, that was the greatest thing about being in France, as much as I didn't care for Paris after a while, is without, without any health coverage, for me to go to the doctor cost me $40. Most of my prescriptions were free. 
Like I went, I went like to see a specialist and it was 60 and he apologized. He's like, I'm very sorry. You have to pay out of pocket, but you know, you're not a, you know, you're not a, a, you know, a French resident yet, et cetera, et cetera. I was like, $60. This is less than my copay at home. Like probably better coverage. Yeah. And it was like, I, I honestly got great, great care when I was there. But that'll never be us because, you know, Americans hate socialism. Yeah. Yeah. Because, oh, I, I don't want to have to pay for the next guy. Like, I, every time socialized healthcare comes up, I'm like, you dummy. Your lot in life is not guaranteed. Just because you have great coverage from your job now does not mean that your employer is not going to want to cut costs at some point and reduce your coverage or you lose your fucking job to some bullshit yeah. or your fucking kids aren't able to get as good of a job as you. Wouldn't you want to pay into a system that makes sure everyone has a fucking safety net? Yeah. Or, or like you don't want to pay for the next person. Do you not realize that other people are paying for you too? That's how it works. Yeah. Oh. I, I, I completely pictured it like it's selfish. I, I want socialized health care so I can pay for myself. Yeah, I agreed. I also want socialized health care so that more people can have coverage and are less of a drain on the system. It's kind of like homelessness. Did you know the cheapest way to combat homelessness is to give them homes? Well, is that's the- not the cheapest way. That's the second cheapest way. The cheapest way is to put them in a ring with weapons and let them fight it out. But you still have to buy the weapons and you still have to. I mean, sticks, two by fours with nails driven through are real cheap. That's true. This is sounding like Squid Game, so. No, no, no. We're, we're, not, we're not giving them a billion won after it's over. We're just giving them a house. <laughs> but there's only one house for yeah. all of them? Oh my God, that's terrible. <laughs> I mean, it's only terrible for the people that lose. True. The guy who won will really feel like he deserves that house. Yep. Like, That's I fought true. hard for this home. He will defend it to his last breath. You know, if I had if I had to kill somebody to acquire my house, yeah, I'd be pretty fucking possessive of it. I'm already possessive of it, you know? God, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Not just one. Like, it's a bracketed tournament. You can't just, like... Are there different brackets for levels of homes too? Oh yeah, oh yeah. We d- we definitely got to like. If you make it to the top, oh yeah. Now the question is, how do you divide it up? Like you can't. Weight classes don't seem fair. Hmm. How do you divide up? Hmm. And hey, it would give our homeless vets a way to use their skills they learned in the army or the armed forces. That's actually that's actually pretty pretty relevant. <laughs> Horrible. It's absolutely horrible. I've often wondered why why we don't actively give homeless veterans more work, considering that there's lots of that work to be had. I mean, I don't know about you, but I I would rather have a vet working in TSA (laughs) than most TSA officers. Uh, on a well, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, bar, barring you know things like struggling with mental illness or struggling with addiction and doing all that stuff, all all of that's perfectly legitimate. Addiction's fine. Yeah. Addiction's fine as long as they're not stealing out of my bag when I put it through TSA. Addiction's fine as long as they're like I have no problems with addicts that show up to work. What you do in your own time is fine. 
However, I, I think the the latest uh, numbers they have they had come out about. I think they, they were studying the homeless in either Seattle or LA, and it there was a pretty big percentage of of people who for whom they believe a lot of their mental illness um, symptoms came because of being homeless, not homelessness was a result of their mental illnesses. So, you know. Well, and I, I actually talked to a social worker who works at the homeless here in LA and she said a lot of the problem is convincing people once they've been outside for a while to go back in. Mm-hmm. Like once you've lived a life that has no rules and has no responsibilities, convincing you to go back to that kind of hard. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of like the people who go live off the grid, you know, same thing. Uh, I, I, I probably like my favorite John Oliver show recently was the one on homeless. I want to be funny like John Oliver. How do I do that? Get a good writing team. Fuck. I don't know if I can afford that. You just talked about your rates a minute ago. You could definitely afford some fucking college think, interns to write for you. Do you think that I, that I work 40 hours a week with that rate? I mean, you could try. Oh my God. I would die. I would die if I did 40 hours a week of sessions. Oh my God, oh, it's, mean, it's, it's, it's way, it's way too physically and mentally taxing. You know, I, I, I try, I'm, I don't, I also don't need to, you know, between my video sales. Well, and if you're, else. if you're, if you're paying for writers, you do. <sighs> That's probably true. Like the writer's guild rates are not cheap. Uh, interns, you, you, interns though, you said. Yeah, but eventually they're going to try to join the writer's guild and then you're going to have to either hire new writers or actually like pay guild rates. And like we support unions around here, so you should pay those guild rates. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm 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 all for unionization. Uh, so you just do a whole team, and then you can be funny, but like John Oliver. All right. I mean, like I'm I'm also honestly so for um, labor rights. Obviously, that's the whole thing that we fight for as sex workers. But like, my employees get three weeks paid time off from the moment they start. They get full health care coverage. They get contributions to the IRAs. Like, I'm just because it's porn doesn't mean that these anybody's less valuable. You need a drunk podcaster? Like, uh, you know. That, that three weeks PTO is pretty good, right? Right. Sold. Last place I had three weeks PTO, I had to work at it for almost a decade. See, that's stupid. Did you know when you give people more time off, they tend to be more productive? Oh, yeah. Well, funny. Well, funny that. Well, it's funny that it's also like you don't want employees to. So deprived of PTO that they're going to come in sick, get other employees sick, you know, not be able to perform their fucking jobs because they're fucking coming into work sick. Or or because they're having mental breakdowns because they're overworked and stressed, you know, like it's just not good for anybody. Yeah, well, and this is also part of the problem with our healthcare system. It's like, oh, hey, you got to work here 90 days before you get any health insurance. And, you know, so... You're going to have to show up sick. Like, if you happen to get sick in the first 90 days, suck it up, buttercup. I, I feel it's ridiculous. It, it absolutely is. It absolutely is. And one of, you know, my um, my sister and my brother-in-law lived in the UK for quite some time. And my brother-in-law pointed this out to me while I was over there. Was like, socialized healthcare also helps with entrepreneurship. Because, like, if you have a family, you can't necessarily afford to strike out on your own because you need that fucking insurance. Right. Well, if we had socialized healthcare, we could have more people starting their own businesses. And that's the real American dream, isn't it? I mean, actually, uh, democratic socialism helps to strengthen the economy. Like, that's 
it, 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 it's, it's been, been shown that in lots of different places. Look at Denmark. But uh, what, what the normal argument of, well, there's so many less people in Denmark, then we, we can't handle it here in America. As if the concepts aren't the same. We just scale them. When you make a recipe for two people, did you know that when you make the recipe for 20 people, you just add more ingredients? The recipe doesn't fucking change. Well, I agree. And the whole argument of like, well, you know, these other socialized healthcare systems don't work. Well, like, okay, cool. We can examine what doesn't work about them and not do that. Sure. That's, that's the best part about not being first to market. You don't have to innovate. You can just improve on other people's in- Listen, I, I pay close to 35% of my income. I, should, I think I'm at 38% between federal, state, local taxes. And I don't mind, honestly. I would mind, I would mind a whole lot less if all the money I pay, if, I, listen, I, I, I only want two things. I don't care about anything else. I don't care how much money gets spent on, you know, on the military or whatever, or who cares about any of these things. All I care about is, Socialized healthcare and lower price college. If I just had those two things, I would give fifty percent of what I made, and that's true for most everyone else. Mm. I mean, I'd like to think that. I'd like to think that, but I don't believe it. I, I, I think I think that more people would be um, once they they realized it worked. But the, also, the thing is, I'm so sick and fucking tired of, of companies not paying their fair share, like. You know, that's it's it's ridiculous that Amazon pay less taxes than I did. But Jeff gets to go to the space. Come on. Don't we all want. Uh, it's been three years now that I've been I, I have. Um, I. Uh, who's my brain is not working today. Uh, SpaceX. Oh, Elon. Elon. There you go. It's been three years now that I have tried to track down Elon Musk at Burning Man. And I can't tell if I actually want, because I, I want to convince him that I would like to go to Mars, but also I wanted to seduce Grimes away from him. But now it's too late. Did, did you hear Grimes bitching about that he wasn't funding her albums while they were together? What the fuck? Yeah. Like, what's the point of begging a billionaire if you're not getting some of that pie? No shit. Oh my God. If I, if I was dating someone who was as... It doesn't matter if they were talented or not. I would be supportive of their goals and their dreams. That's what that's what happens when you're with someone in a relationship. Well, you know, especially when you have like, like I understand if like, hey, if I pay for your album, we may not make rent this month. Yeah. But when you're Elon fucking Musk and like, oh, hey, yeah, I could pay for you to press on fucking 100,000 copies of your album. No problem. And your session time and producers and everything. That's like walking around money. It's fucking stupid. I mean, he's probably he probably made that much in the interest of of the shares for his own companies in one day as as it would cost to pay for all that. Yeah. And it's like you allowed yourself to procreate with this man and he's not paying for your albums? What? Hey, what? you know, we all we all make questionable decisions when it comes to relationships at least once in our lives. Or mm. ten times. <laughs> I'll let you know when I don't. Okay. If I were to count on one hand the amount of questionable decisions I made with relationships and the amount of times I haven't, yeah, I don't have enough fingers and toes for the questionable ones. <laughs> you know, yeah. 
I, I, I did the same thing. Like for like for years and years, um, like I made all these amazing decisions in the rest of my life. Like everything I, everything I touched just turned to gold, except I could not, I could not for the life of me choose, choose male partners. Actually just choose partners at all that, um, you know, that were good for me. And, and like, I was, I was so, so terrified, like, so terribly aware of it, but I couldn't stop myself. You know, like if someone was nice to me or like really good to me, I, uh, you know, in a romantic sense, I wouldn't even be attracted to them. I'd be like, no, no, you're too weak soft, whatever. Right. And you know what happened is that my ass seemed to go to therapy. I went and some, I went and did some EMDR and addressed my trauma and things got better. Like that's, that's really, that's really the, the key to it. Oh, I, I'm well aware. I, I'm, I'm well aware, but yeah, it's, I, I'm much in the same boat. Last time I went on a date with someone who was like, Oh, my mom's my best friend. I'm just like, <laughs> I, I got, I gotta go. Uh, you, you and I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? Huh? I actually, I have, I have a spreadsheet, like a dating spreadsheet um, for all of the things that I, that like are important to me, you know, cause there's lots of them. Um, and one of them is how close you are to your family. Cause if somebody is like super, super close to their parents or something, it's never going to work. Never going to work. Well, for me, it's such a fucking alien concept of like, I, I just don't relate to that. Like, I don't have a bad relationship with my mother, but it's just like it was not close. Yeah, it's just like uh, that. The idea of like my parent, like I spent most of my life hiding things from my parents because like they're my parents, not my peers. Right, not your friend. Right, like I mean, my my mother listens to this show at this point. Like, then she thinks it's amusing. Hi, mom. And you know. There's definitely a lot of things I learned from my mother. My my mother was a lifestyle player, like, and I had I definitely as a teenager, like, my cousins came by the house and she's just like threw a sheet over the rack in her living room and she's like, don't tell them what that is. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, but it's just like, uh, where that all that shit's acceptable and like. I have no shame about it. It's just like we're also not like she's not my best friend. Mm-hmm. That the close like. Oh hey, I'm gonna you know go out of my way to like travel home for the holidays to see my family. It's like what? Huh? It's weird. Oh, same. I I, I went and did a family Thanksgiving right before the pandemic, and it was the first time I had been together with like like my aunts and uncles and you know shit like this, and probably 15 years like since before my grandmother died. And I was like, I was a little like so uncomfortable. I'm like. Like my family knows what I do, but, and like, there's certain parts of my family that like are, are much more into it politically, you know, like my, like one of my aunts is very, it's very political. Um, but I don't really want to talk about like what my work entails over mashed potatoes, right? Like, like I would like to have some, some aspect of normalcy, but I realized that I don't really have much in common with any of them. I was just kind of like, all right, so I'm flying out tomorrow, and I'm going to fly into Chicago so that I can go to a sex party with my actual family. So <clears throat> I'll see you guys soon. Bye. Yeah. I I totally get that. I totally totally get that. I'm like, yeah, it's. I think being in this world like is such a double edged sword for the dating because it's like 
there's so many horror stories of dating people within the industry. Mm-hmm. But dating people outside of it's like, oh, we just don't have common life experiences. It's almost like you have to you have to have like congruent kinds of life experiences, you know, like I think that helps. Although I, I've been toying with this idea for a while. Like I think we need a dating app for in, for people in the industry because I would totally date another sex worker. You know, like especially if our lives were, you know, we're pretty similar. I'm like, absolutely, girl, you want to come over here and we like, you know, take over the world together and like, you know, shoot some hot, hot, you know, hot content and take a bunch of men's money. All right, sign me up. Like, sounds like a great first date. We need a Raya for the for the industry. Yeah, a sex worker Raya. Exactly. Oh my god, the I'm just giving away a fucking billion dollar app idea. Fuck. I hate when I do that. I mean, listen, if somebody wants to make it cool, I'll, I'll be your brand ambassador as long as it doesn't suck. You're, you are familiar with Raya though, right? Mm-mm. It is like the celebrity only very wealthy people dating oh, app that gotcha, you have to be gotcha. sponsored to get on. Gotcha, it, gotcha. It's, it's supposed to be ridic- ridiculous. Like just like, Oh, Hey, celebrity, celebrity, celebrity. Like, I have some friends who like were friends with the devs who aren't celebrities who got on and was just like, yeah, I matched with like people that were, I've seen on sitcoms and shit like that. And it was like, it's fucking a weird experience. I mean, also can imagine like what, what constitutes what level of celebrity, you know? Well, it, it, it's completely up to the gatekeepers of mm. the app. I'm, and any, you know, sex worker positive only dating app would have to be also, but holy shit, because of how things go, people would be like, oh, the the people running the app are you know, biased towards these people. Like, there's always that drama. There's always that drama. Yeah, but like, I mean, I, I have I have a, you know, I've got several different different kinds of groups, like like the Wicked Alliance and stuff that require verification. Guess what? It's not that hard. True. You know, like, like there, there are some things that would kind of suck if you just first started and you didn't know anybody or you didn't have any verifiable, you know, this, that, but like if you're a sex worker and you're doing, you're like really been doing it well, you have a digital trail of it because you're trying to make money from it. True. Very true. Yeah. So I also know that like if someone launched something like that, the amount of like rich dudes that would try to just buy their way on. Oh, a hundred percent. And the answer is no, no, (laughs) not until your dick's on film, bro. Right, you go figure out how to keep a hard on for three hours in front of all the lights and crew and stuff, and uh, yeah. you know, you like, tell me how it goes. Can you keep your dick up with someone like me leaning on you? Can you? Because real male talent can. Yep, sure can. I I regularly play D and D and like hang out with Xander Corvus, and we joke about this all the time. Like one of the last times I was on set with him, he literally had to lean against me because there was too much oil as he was finishing. I love it. It's like, Matt, come here. All right, right, let's do it. I I wish that people, like people who consume porn knew how unglamorous porn tends to be because everything is about the production value, right? Like everything is about making sure the lighting is right. Making sure like every, like, like you're stopping and starting and like, there's no, there's no intimacy. Like it's, it's all, it's kind of ridiculous. 
But the end product, it's just like Hollywood, you know? It yeah. looks great when you're done. Exactly. Like, anyone who's having, I've said this a million times, anyone who's having porn sex in real life, you're fucking up because porn sex is supposed to be aesthetically pleasing, not necessarily what feels great. Absolutely. I mean, listen, when I have sex, it still looks aesthetically pleasing, but. <laughs> well, that's a clip. <laughs> That's a clip right there. Yep. <laughs> I, I found out. Yes. I found out the hard way very recently. When I have sex, it is not necessarily aesthetically pleasing. I hooked up with someone recently, and she had two full-length mirrors on either sides of her closet. And I'm like, "Oh, I want to do you standing doggy in front of the mirror." I'm like, "Why did I decide to do this? This is a horrible idea." <laughs> I mean, I still did it. I mean, it's not like I lost my erection looking at myself, but it was just like, "Oh, this is gonna be so hot." Nope, nope, no. This is not what i really envisioned here but <laughs> i mean i don't know about you but like if there's mirrors when i'm having sex i'm probably looking at myself oh i mean i was definitely looking at myself and like was like yeah she's hot yep i'm not what i want to look at in the way of male talent <laughs> <laughs> i mean but don't 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 worry too much about it nobody really looks at dudes in porn oh I, i'm well aware and this is just for funsies anyways and it makes for an amazing bit, so. Yeah, did she enjoy herself? That's all that matters. Oh, and she came back for more, so I assume so. I love it. It, it was not a one-time deal, so, you know, I, you I, know, I'm assuming she had a good time. That's good. That's good. Good job, man. Yeah. It happens on occasion. Uh, so, I'm sure you probably heard of the, the OnlyFans revolution spinoff thing is dick ratings, right? Like everybody and their brother does dick ratings. I think these are hilarious because like, obviously as a femdom, as a person who, I think, I mean, most dicks, most dicks are ugly anyway. It's not often that you get like an actually beautiful dick and it's probably an outlier. It's a mutant, right? Is that if someone wants to show me a picture of their dick and like pay for me to rate it, it's never it's it's gonna be a five and under because it's a dick by nature, right? But I finally came up with the best idea. It's like, you know what? I'm not I'm not gonna write any more dicks. But because honestly, your dick doesn't matter. You didn't do anything to get it. You you it's basically just like a genetic lottery. It doesn't mean you have know how to use it or anything else, right? Is that you send me a video uh, of you having sex with your partner with their permission, obviously. And I will rate you on your sexual prowess. That, that sounds like a great thing for me. That so, is a solid plan. Yeah. So like for, for dudes that are like, I'm so amazing in bed. I'm like, I will let you know if you are. Go ahead. I will, I will give you a, an honest feedback. <laughs> like, send the clip and the 2257 paperwork with it. And we'll, we'll go to town. I actually just discussed this with the guest that is on the current episode. I am starting pussy ratings. And okay. in the response to the, the dick rating challenge, I am going to rate vaginas. I, I mean, I'm, they're all tens, but all ten. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> new, new <laughs> slash, I, all ten. <laughs> but I will happily take your money to tell you it's a ten. <laughs> With a beautiful, validating response about about you know the magnificent wonders of of their pussy, I'm I'm all over that. Yeah, like, <laughs> girl, I would shoot gallons inside of you. Like, oh, it's amazing. Thank you for the ten dollars. That's all I'm charging, $10. I mean, that, that that sounds like a validation vending machine right there. Yes. Would you like an average-looking dude who's on the internet all the time to tell you your vagina looks amazing? 
I'm right here for ten dollars. You know, sometimes sometimes what you do need is like the fix of of feeling pretty good about yourself. So you know, I pay I'd pay for that. All right, I'll give you my cash app. <laughs> All right, so, send it on over in ten dollars. I will give you a rating. You know, I have very few pictures of my pussy because I don't I don't get I don't get to bottoms down naked. So well, I, that's going to make me rating your pussy very hard. So I'm gonna, so, well, I'm saying I would have to actually like figure out how to shoot it correctly. I mean, I mean, you don't have to shoot too correctly, but you don't have to shoot too correctly. I'm giving you a ten, no matter what. No, no, it's for me. It's for me and my my you know my aesthetic necessities. You like <laughs> spend an hour properly lighting it. This is one of the reasons. Like I, I, I have, I've been saying this for a long time. Is there is no good picture of a dick. There are good nudes, but the, a solo picture of a penis is never looks great, right? But it, you can be a naked dude and have your penis in it, and then that's that that can be great, you know. So I I just want to tell dudes stop taking pictures of your disembodied penis and take more pictures of just you. Well, yeah, but then 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 would have proof that that's their mediocre dick. No, I, I feel like that's more more a representation of a person as a whole, you know? Yeah, no, I, I agree, but the the whole like the whole dick pick thing is so silly and in the grand scheme of things it's fucking silly. Like I don't I don't get it. I've never intentionally sent one. I accidentally sent my first hundred dick pics recently. <laughs> I dumped an SD card for a client, and unfortunately, I had done a photo shoot for myself in a bathtub on the same SD card and didn't realize it was there. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> but were, they just, were, they, were, they, were they just your penis, or was it like a whole bathtub? It was like me in a bathtub. Like that, that, That's not a dick pic. That's classy nudes. Fair enough. Fair enough. I sent her 100 classy nudes with the content I had already shot for her. I feel like I, that's a bonus. It, I got a text back. Like I talked about this on another episode recently, but I got a text back. Like, is that your dick floating in there? I'm like, uh, yep, sure is. Sorry about that. <laughs> I, to be fair, as I said previously, like I added her porn. So if anyone's going to see me, you know, in that state, it's like, well, it's fair. Yep. Would have preferred to like consensually send that to somebody. But you know, if I'm going to make that mistake, that's a person that's a okay to. I agree with that. Like I have, of the three people that have edited my porn in the last couple of years, I've seen all of them naked. So, you know, I feel like, I feel like that's, that's good quid pro quo because if they're going to see you naked, you should be able to see them naked. Well, and to be fair, she rented the room that the, the hotel room that I was taking the shots in anyways, like <laughs> I, we were in Vegas and I had a client edit that came up last minute. So I couldn't, they ran out to like go do shit on the strip. And I'm like, I got to do this fucking edit. My client wants it tonight, today. Thankfully, I brought my fucking laptop with me and like knocked that out, and they were still out. So I'm like, oh, there's a fucking whole bathtub with jacuzzi. I'm gonna, I set up my lighting, set up my camera. Like, I'm gonna take some fucking cool shots of me in the bathtub, like set it all with red lighting and shit like that. And um, I, why don't you have an OnlyFans yet? Because it sounds like content. I don't, because I've never wanted to be talent. Maybe you just want to be art. I have a Patreon. I can put art on my Patreon. Oh, okay. Are you going to put your nudes on your Patreon? I feel like my audience that is mostly there for this podcast <laughs> and gaming would super not appreciate it. 
<laughs> I feel like that might like hurt my underlying, might hurt my money a little. All right. Well, well, the, well, the finished well, product did go on my Instagram, like cropped where, you know, my dick's not in it. Oh, all right. Well, I, I want to see this afterwards. Right. I, I genuinely like, like good, good classy nudes of men. I think, uh, I think that celebrates a different side of men that we don't get to see as often. Yeah. Well, the, the finished product ended up with red lighting, me in a tub with a jacuzzi, smoking a cigar with a bottle of whiskey in the foreground. This just sounds great. Yeah. Class act. Low is a class. It's what I do. You mentioned you mentioned gaming. Um, uh, I, I assume are you a PC gamer or a console gamer? Both. Yeah, same. Um, so when you come and visit me, oh, uh, that's just happening now. We're just deciding that's happening. Why wouldn't you come and visit me? Because your internet's freezing. That, that's why I'm not coming to visit you because you are frozen right now. I'm just I'm just cursing actually, so it's fine. No one really needs to hear me. It's okay. Spitting out expletives. Yeah, you're, you're, as I said, your computer's like no, 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 that dude, nah, nah. We're gonna end this. Nope, <laughs> gonna die, die instead of inviting that dude. Well, I am gonna have to go before too long, but I have to tell you one thing first. Okay, so when I got my new house. The one thing I always wanted to have was a video game room. Okay, and I wanted I always wanted to have a the dual screen video game room because uh, you know my partner and I both came, and <clears throat> I decided to make a spaceship room. I will show you Ooh. the pictures of it, but it's fucking amazing. And I not only is it two side by side sixty five inch top of the line TVs with um, space themed paper behind it and like custom lighting, is that I also got a custom couch. And the couch lights up. Did you know if you Google um, spaceship couch, you don't find anything? It took me months to try to find something that would match the theme because I wanted the place to feel like you're playing video games in the bridge of a ship. And that's what it feels like. That's amazing. That's fucking amazing. Yeah. But I can only really do console gaming in there. So Why can't you do PC gaming in there? Um, mostly just because like I've got... I've got a beast of a PC um, at, you know, in my office and it would be weird to try to transport it. You know what I mean? So just do some fiber optic HDMI to the TV. Yeah, but it's a really long way away. <laughs> do wall runs. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. All right. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I can also just. I have a spare computer that I've built and I can always just set it up in there. I think I'm going to have to do that for that good Twitch stream from that room anyway. Right. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to pick your brain about, about that. And I'm going to pick your brain a little bit about how to set up my dungeons and doms Twitch stream too. Definitely. I can help you with all of that. So, but we will actually call last call since you said you got to run. What is last call? Well, where you can tell everyone that where they can find you on all these things. Oh. Yeah, last oh, last okay. calls. Um, uh, so the best place to follow me is on Twitter and my Twitter is Dominus snow. I have, uh, two different websites. Um, alexandrasnow.com is my informational site and has links to basically everything. Goddessnow.com is my member site. Um, and which has most, most of my content. And if you're one of those people who really likes Instagram, Alexandra snow official, but Instagram kind of hates sex workers. So it's pretty toned down. Um, Twitter tends to be the better place to, you know, see all my smut. And it has the links to my like 
OnlyFans, my clip stores, you know, like my own VOD wish list, you know, ways, well, ways you can contact me, blah, 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 whatever you need. Just spend that money. I mean, I have lots of budget options as well. My OnlyFans is only $15 a month and you get to con- like communicate with me. It's a steal. It is. It is. Fucking. You could have a conversation much like this for the low, low price of $15. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but you can message me. <laughs> I do live stream on my on my OnlyFans, though, and like let people like talk to me and ask questions and stuff. Because, you know, I, I like being a real person. Being a real person is important, not just being a sex object. I know. Not just a comic book character to fulfill, you know, sexual fantasies. I know it's really hard for me, but I've been trying to do that as well. Just be a real person and stop being just, you know, this chiseled, picturesque comic book character of a person that people fap to. I don't know how well it's working, but I'm I trying. Mean, I like you. I think you Aww. sound like a real person. Oh, oh. Well, you can find this real person at Matt underscore Slayer on Twitter, Matt Slayer on Instagram, Matt F and Slayer on Facebook, twitch.tv slash Matt F and Slayer. You can find the Patreon at patreon.com slash Matt Slayer. You can find the podcast at, and now we drink on Twitter, and now we drink underscore on Instagram. And until next week, drink up, motherfuckers. Motherfuckers.